Hello, and welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast, episode number 198. We're just two off from the big 200. So, with me is Charlie, aka Mordak Undivided, as well as Alex, aka Mave Online. I am Henry, aka Kraken Zero, aka Nomad Har. And yeah, it is another week, another podcast. So, yeah, it's how's how's everybody settling in? How's everybody doing? I'm I'm doing all right. Things are fine. I I don't know. I, I'm starting to experience the time blur. I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess at a certain point. All right. So I've mainly been like you know trying to go a little bit through my you know big game collection of especially of those poor humble bundle games. That, like, I'll buy the bundle and then, like, a couple of those games I'm like, I never really get around to or I maybe put a few minutes into them and I'm like, eh. See, I made the mistake, and this is a true <laughs> mistake, of every game I start playing, I get, a, I get like an hour or two into it and then go, oh no, this is definitely not the right game to be playing at this point in time. Hmm. Like, so, what, so what's your criteria for that? Well, so, like, I can run through my list right now. Um, I, So I, I decided to sit down and complete After Party. Turns out After Party is kind of like, what's the worst that could happen? Party your way out of hell? Not the vibe I'm looking for right now. So th- that wasn't a great choice. So I'm like, okay, cool. Mm. Like, let's go the opposite end of the spectrum. Let's do Vampire the Masquerade. There's a new one coming out in the near future. It's been, mm. like, almost a decade or something since I played it. Let's play through that. Oh, right! This game's about the horribly, like, the insanely horribly affluent doing horrible things. Eh, maybe not what I'm looking for right now. Let's play .hack GU. It's a fake MMO. Nope, not into this anime bullshit right now. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I kind of get that, because I tend to play games according to my mood. That's, that's really a thing. Like I think I've mentioned I've I've sure yeah I've mentioned it definitely before on here it's like I, yeah I definitely kind of tend to play games according to like ah, I'm not really into that right now you know or that you know that's yeah the the, that's, the game I'm playing right now is going through my Steam backlog and being like hmm. what about this download two hours later nope <laughs> yeah that's how I feel with the division <laughs> yeah uh, I I I so I saw that you were playing that and I'm like hey me and Alex could play that and then I went. Alex is an idiot. Do not play that game right now. I can be an idiot sometimes. Yeah, you're you're playing the division during the division. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I'm I, I I'm not sure if Resident Evil 3 launching when it did is like the best viral marketing or the worst viral marketing ever for it. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's bold to release at the same time as uh, the Final Fantasy VII remake. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. See, I think those games were aimed at so different crowds. Like, I, it's of the two, I probably wasn't gonna buy a Final Fantasy VII because that demo I did a 180. But also, like, I played the demo of Resident Evil Three, and I'm like, I will play this eventually. I, I don't want to spend money right now on this. Like, this is a game I'll pay for when it's like. 20 bucks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
that's kind of how I feel about all the re-releases. I mean, yeah, they've definitely like we're talking about some games that where the re-release is completely redone. I mean, it's just a re it's a it's a full-on remake of the game. Well, and and that's the problem. Like, it's I'm looking at this going like if like of the three Resident Evil games they've remastered, this is the one I should care the most about. And I'm like, I do want to care about this, but at the same time, I'm in a different place just, like, in life from where I was last time I was, like, really into Resident Evil 3. And, like, the demo, I'm like, right, this is what this game is. I still, like, I, I'm still saying, like, I think Resident Evil 3 is my favorite Resident Evil 3, but it doesn't change the fact where it's like, right, this is what this Resident Evil game was. Like, this is back when each Resident Evil game was a little bit, like, majorly different from each other. And mm -hmm. in the time since then, I have played other kind of horror action games. Fuck. Resident Evil has put out a better version of Resident Evil 3, which is Resident Evil 4, oddly enough, in some ways, than the remastering is, where it's like, yeah, it's like, it's, it's Nemesis, it's the same story, and I'm like, yeah, and, and I remember at one point really clicking with that, but I think it was more just the action-y vibe of it at the time I was a fan of, and maybe less so yeah. the rest of this game, because... Right, this is still a zombie game, and I, at a fundamental level, do not like zombie games anymore. I, yeah, I've mentioned, you know, sometimes I get tired of a genre. Absolutely. Yeah. I get super tired of a, of a genre. And, like, for me, zombies kind of got played out, I think, during The Walking Dead. Like, just because a lot of games started coming out there that, like, new zombie mode, even if they weren't about zombies to begin with. Yeah. It's just like, they're a bit, they can be a bit of a lazy way to have an enemy in a game. Because it's just like, nobody really cares if you're, if you're killing zombies. It's like, that's, that's a very easy enemy to have. They don't have to have any sort of a motivation either. They're just there, you know? You don't really have to have a plot other than there's zombies around. And... I kind of had two crystallizing moments, I guess. Um, one of them was, like, Left 4 Dead 2 It's a fantastic game. I'm not trying to knock it when I say that. It mm. was the, like, zeitgeist around that game and how, like, disproportionately upset people got that Left 4 Dead 2 came out as fast as it did, and that, like, it was different from Left 4 Dead 1, but, man, it really kind of felt like it should have been, like, a $20 or $30 expansion, or some of it should have been a patch, especially because they basically went back and added all of Left 4 Dead 1 into Left 4 Dead 2. Like, and, I, I, I'm not trying to pick fights on this one. Like, it's it's whatever. Like, it's it's super cool that things like the definitive zombie game, in my mind, whatever. But, like, just the fallout around that whole game, like, left a weird taste in my mouth. And then Saints Row 3 had a zombie mission. And yeah. It's a, Did it? I don't remember. Call of Duty has had several zombie, basically, pack well, modes now, too, so, as well. It's like... Well, and, like, and, and here's the thing. Like, it's the... I don't get mad when games that maybe shouldn't have zombie things don't ha have zombie things. Like, the Call of Duty zombie mode is a fantastically popular mode that I have no interest in playing kind of thing. That's that's whatever. It's the reason the Saints Row 3 one sticks out so hard in my mind is to Alex's reaction of was there or did it? It was literally 15 minutes 
completely upended what that game was about for those 15 minutes and was just the most bullshit mission in the game ever. It's so Alex, it's the mission where you're driving that tanker full of the weird toxic gas and it ends with you either getting Kurt Russell for your like squad or zombie goons for your squad, which was a system no one fucking used in that game anyway, so it didn't matter. But like <laughs> that mission itself straight up sucked. And it was just your it was Saints Row making like 15 minutes of zombie video game jokes and game jokes about zombie video games. And it was just like this concentrated me sitting there just white knuckling my teeth, being like, I hate everything about this. Like I love this game. <laughs> But, like, I will never go back and play Saints Row 3 because of that segment of that game, where it just sticks out in my mind of, I have never, like, dropped down from, fuck yeah, this game is great, to, I hate everything about the segment that hard in a video game ever mm. or since. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think I, I, I pretty much enjoyed most of it. I thought it was just, I mean, I think that's when they were starting to get really fucking campy. I know, it's, it's a... Yes. Saints Row Three is the best Saints Row game kind of thing. Like it's it's either it's either two or three. I like three because just it works better than two does. But anyone who says Saints Row Four is a good game is wrong. Saints Row Four I, is a great game. It's a terrible. I enjoy Saints Row game. I en It's it a is, terrible it's, Saints Row game. That that that's not why I played it. It's a great game. The premise is completely fucking wonky, and it they is. realize, you know what? We're not going to be GTA. We're going to be whatever the fuck we want. No, no. Three is when they realized we're not going to be GTA. Yeah, yeah. Four is when they went like, "Fuck! What is a Saints Row game anymore?" And well, it's like what the big one of the big mechanics in Saints Row is that is you building up your gang, you yeah. know, your crew. Mm -hmm. They are meaningless in Saints Row Four. Cars are meaningless in Saints Row Four. Yeah. After a certain point, yeah. Almost from the jump, they're useless. You get super speed so fucking early in that game. Yeah, yeah. I, I, so it's, I, I, like, yeah, at a certain point, I I mean, very quickly, I was never using cars in that guns game. Guns are almost useless in that game. Because your powers are so freaking yeah, good. Yeah, I, I, I I, I'm not saying Saints Row... I do not like Saints Row 4. I, I'm not gonna... I, I, like, it's not a good Saints Row game. Yeah, but I, I'm not going to fight whether or not it's a good game or not. I think it's a bad Saints Row game at the end of the yes, day. Yes, I, I, I don't. I, mean, I don't see where the negative is when you don't need your car or guns anymore because you're so powerful. I, I fail to see the draw and the negative. Well, is that the only Saints Row game you've ever played? Uh no, I played three as well. Yeah, I, I guess kind of like to Henry's point, like the, the the gang aspect of that game was so ingrained in that franchise that when you got to four and it's like okay. So none of the stuff this franchise is known for actually matters. Cool. Yeah, I think it was it was just basically the it seems like the team just wanted to build whatever they wanted to do and not care about the Saints Row. They just well, slapped Saints Row on it as a as a selling point. More well, than and anything. and there was also the kind of ongoing rumor reality. I'm not sure kind of where this ultimately wound up breaking down, but. That game was supposed to be DLC for three. Yeah, and that makes more mm. sense, to be honest. Yeah, it, for that to for, for something that wild to be just a a side DLC that's not sort of main game or main plot. Well, yeah, and it was one of these things where it's like it was meant to be an expansion. Like it was initially called something I called like Enter the Dominatrix or something. Yeah, and that makes sense. They took the idea and expanded it off into a larger game, which. Power to you, I can get, I guess, but, like, 
for me playing that game, it felt like, oh, you had an idea for a pretty sizable DLC thing and turn and like stretch this into a full game and you can see the stretch. Yeah. I just like the fact that I can recruit Keith David and there was a whole cool mission with Keith David from uh was it they they live or whatever it's called that movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, and there's a and there's a back and forth between him and Rowdy Roddy Piper. What do you bring yeah. them both in? Yeah, I'm not saying fun. it's like meritless. I'm just saying like for Saints Row games, it's like it's like it's not a Saints Row game. Yeah, it's not a Saints Row game, and like the thing you like about that game isn't the superpowers. It's Keith fucking David, which, yeah, but also like that's not a reason to say a game's good or not. I don't know. I kind of I thought for a game with the superpowers, I think it's one of the best games I've played with a character with superpowers. Have you played Prototype? Yes. Yeah, because I I feel I it to me. The controls to it feel better than Prototype. Oh no, that's hard disagreement on that one. Like it's for all of Prototype's two's failures, Prototype Two is the best video game with super with superpowers in my mind. Like the infamous franchise is straight trash in that regard, but Prototype like I never played yeah. Prototype Two. Yeah, Prototype Two nails the this is what having these superpowers would be like feel, I guess. Like it's like that and what was it, uh, Hulk Ultimate Destruction are the two games that nail the, like, this is what having superpowers and being a super soldier would be like vibe of things. Like, But it's also like, no, it's very specifically these superpowers, but... But that was an interesting aside entirely about yeah. Saints Row the Fourth. Yeah. I might download that and play it again. I... Four or three? Four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I'll do it too, just to make you angry. Uh, it's not angry, <laughs> it's disappointed. I'm I'm used to this, Henry. I this is not new ground for I'm me. I'm not this angry, I'm just disappointed. Yeah. This this is not new territory for me. Yeah. So besides not playing Saints Row the Fourth, what did you get up to this week, Charlie? Uh not a whole lot. I probably the biggest thing I checked out this week is um Quibi, is that how you pronounce it? The like oh, yeah, eight ten they, minute video they, streaming service. So I, mm. it is free to try right now, and I highly recommend everyone go do that and then do what I did, which is the moment you sign up for it, immediately cancel the subscription because there's nothing on there worth paying for. But it's kind <laughs> of fascinating looking at this. Okay, you get like I think I have a subscription through like July right now or something like that. So. You can enjoy it for now, for free. It's, it is someone collected every fucking YouTube docuseries in a weird way, or like eight to twelve minute YouTube series that like does a thing on a weekly basis in one spot and made it feel like a shitty Netflix or something along those lines. Like it is truly a thing to behold, and <laughs> I. I don't know who it's for. I don't know like what they thought the target audience for the content on there because the coolest thing I've seen was some of the Cheetah documentary episodes I watched and the fact that I have to watch it on a phone. Maybe I might maybe my, my iPad can watch it too, but I I'm, I'm watching it on my phone because there is no Roku app for it. So I'm like why? On a side note, my favorite thing about Cheetahs is the fact that they are 
some of the only big cats to both purr and meow. I think that was and mentioned in what I watched. Yeah, I, it's... And it's kind of freaky how much they just sound like a house cat. Well, yeah, they're the most cat-like of the big cats still, I think, or something. <laughs> what you think of as cat-like, I guess. I yeah. I don't fucking know. I Everyone should go download and watch Quibi real quickly, but like immediately cancel your subscription because it is 100% not worth any money. Like I feel real shitty saying that because... A bunch of people have made some decent cash doing series for that thing, but like, go check this thing out. Like, this is like, this is like me pre ordering the Stadia controller, being like, I want to be there for this <laughs> thing when it launches. So when people ask, like, what were some dumb tech things you were part of, I can be like, man, remember Quibi? <laughs> uh, it's, it is, everything about it is baffling. And as a result, it's kind of amazing. Mm. I get that. Yeah, yeah. I it'll like it, it, to get through everything worth watching on that platform will take you like maybe half a day, kind of thing. Like that's that's how like unseated that thing is too, which is a whole other separate topic. But more video gaming news, I guess. Uh, I'm back on the Destiny train a little bit, I guess. I played some with Henry this week. Helped him out with some quest stuff. I. Yeah. I, I got my Seraph Bunker on a little bit. I'm most of the way through the Four Horsemen quest, I guess. I I don't know what I'm doing in this season. Like, I did part of a raid with my clan, and we were having tech issues, so we just kind of tapped out on it. But, like, it's... My clan is pretty hardcore in that game, or it contains some people that are, like, way too fucking into Destiny. And even they're like, yeah, I have not been playing... As much as I did last season, I'm like, yeah, me neither. Yeah, and I think to a certain yeah. extent, I haven't played as much. Uh, I played, but I played, still played a good bit of the season just because, I mean, all right, so I, as a latecomer into Destiny 2, I still have a lot of past yeah. content that I'm making my way through. Oh, no, yeah, like this is. Steadily. Where the last season was a fantastic season to get caught up in, this is the best season to get caught up in. Like, most of this season is geared towards, uh, what's the right word for it? Um, Terrible public events? Well, that, but also, <laughs> like, encouraging you to go do things that have nothing to do with the fucking season, which is a whole separate topic. Like, the smartest thing you can do in the Seraph Bunkers is upgrade how much stuff costs so it's cheaper, and then mm -hmm. unlock all of the things that reward you for doing anything else in the game, essentially. Like, yeah. Th that's the correct way of doing the season, and it just kind of shows how kind of sucky this season is as a result. Where it's like, it's, it's me playing Gambit, because fuck yeah, Gambit, I guess. But, yeah, but the I think the bigger problem is, is the rewards from the bunkers are not that great. The heavy machine gun's pretty okay. But I, I, I'm i not even a person that really likes heavy machine guns. Yeah. As someone who, for reasons, has to have weapon variety, it's... There is some kind of cool stuff in there. It's few and far between, definitely. Yeah, it's... It's a thing, but... Yep. Yeah. I mean... That's the thing. I mean, this this season for Destiny is really sort of like I don't know. I, it seems like there's so much to do, yet there's nothing you really want to do. Because there's like multiple bunkers, just like there were multiple you know things last season. There are multiple uh, 
towers or whatever. Not towers, but the guy. I can't even remember the name, what they were called anymore. But in any case, it's... Uh, I just... I don't know. Something about the bunkers I'm just not enjoying. I'm not sure how to pin it down, it really. It takes a weird amount of time to get into them for what you do into that, in them and stuff. Like, I, it's... It's too similar to what the lighthouses were last season, or whatever the fuck they were called, the obelisks. The difference yes, being the obelisks, you could just like run up to real quick, do the thing, and then run away. With the yeah. Seraph bunkers, it's you have to clear these fuckers potentially, and you have mm -hmm. to like go through this mini loading maze thing to get to them. And it doesn't take a long time to do either of those things, either combined, but it's still effort that's required to be put in where maybe you don't want to put effort in. And yes, I know you can, like, activate the keep those fuckers clear protocols or whatever the fuck they're called, but... Yeah, but yeah. that also, that costs precious Warmind bits, and yep. they are really stingy on giving those Yeah, out. That's the thing, like, last season the sort of credit you got for the obelisks, the light, it was, like, pretty generous. Like, it was yep. really easy to, to rack it up very quickly. I mean, that's how people were able to bank, like, a billion of it collectively. Because it was pretty easy to get it. A lot of the missions gave you a lot. A lot of the different things. But for, like, the Warmind bits, like, you can go through, like, 99% of one of the public events and then just not quite get the last last thing done and you still get, like, four Warmind bits from it. Four. For, for, like, dumping, like, 30 minutes into this thing, you yeah, get, like, four Warmind bits, I, and that's I am, not cool. I am at a point where anything less than 30 bits doesn't really matter to me at this point. Like, all the upgrades yep. I have left to buy are expensive, so it's... Mm -hmm. I, I'm looking at that going, huh, maybe I'm not so annoyed by, like, the idea of having to throw out a couple ones to keep these things clear, but it's not great. It's just too expensive. I mean, I, it seems like they're that they've done that to artificially pad it out. Yeah, I, I think it's reactionary to last season where people are like, "Oh, it's the, the obelisks are too cheap," and maybe the obelisks were too cheap, but at the same time, mm. that wasn't a real problem for people like me, where it's like, "Nah, I'm I'm okay with this being like achievable, so I can get into this." Yeah. Whereas I have upgraded one bunker. Yeah. The Earth one. That's it. Because I'm like, gosh, it took a long time to grind out enough Warmind bits to do that. And I I actually don't feel motivated to do that again for any of the other ones. I just don't. Because it wasn't that fun grinding out the Warmind bits. Yeah. Yeah, this sounds like a lot of fun. I'm glad I'm going to be diving back into this. <laughs> oh no, it's a great time to dive back in. You have nothing but time to get caught up with stuff. Oh yeah. It's Let's... it's good for to do all other stuff like non this season stuff. Which is probably gonna be well, and especially because like this season encourages you to go back and do that because, like, by doing that stuff is beneficial. Oh, okay. yeah. So this bunker situation is that something I should do first before I do my other things? Or... Kind of. I we'll pick a day and I'll kind of get you up to speed if you want. Like it's there. There are. <sighs> It's weird because, like, the correct way of approaching the bunkers is get the upgrade costs down and then get the so other activities give you rewards that matter to this thing's progression. 
thing mm-hmm. and then to ignore it for a couple weeks as you just play the fuck out of the game and then you go back with a shit ton of bits and upgrade the hell out of them but like it's yep. not quite that cut and dry like it's go back a couple times and dump a couple things into this so like it's working in the background but yeah, yeah. it's it's weird hmm. Yeah, there's definitely a progression you want to do with with the way you upgrade these bunkers, because otherwise it is way slow. I I'm I guess I'm lucky in that I kind of picked up on that pretty quickly. Yeah. At first I didn't, but I started to look at the upgrades. I was like, oh no, I need to do all these first before any of the other ones. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. But I haven't quite finished the Earth one, but I probably have enough Warmind bits at this point to do it. I just haven't gone back to do it. I have spread my stuff across the board because I wanted to unlock the most ways to kind of boost the revenue. It's mm. also weird stuff like get the heavy frames unlocked as fast as possible mm. on each planet because oh, yeah. they make the Lost Sector way fucking easier. Oh yeah, the Lost Sector is can annihilate you pretty quickly. Yep. You don't have both the Valkyries and the and the uh frames, heavy yep. frames going. Is between those two that makes them pretty doable even under leveled. Yep. Which is what I've done. <laughs> yeah, I it's it is what it is kind of thing. Um yeah. Uh Animal Crossing on its first fishing tourney. I got gold in it. Nice. Yeah, Good I've, job. The co-op the the co-op play they encouraged with that was really cool i would like to see more of that through the game so i the way the game works is you're trying for the you're racking up points the points can be used immediately to kind of cash in for fabulous prizes that for the most part are whatever but also that gets kept track of in the background and what you want to do and this is where it gets kind of cool is if you have friends playing with you their score, your score is cumulative. So the way it works, you have these three-minute cycles Ooh. where you're trying to get as many fish as possible. So you only get money off the fish you catch, but you get points total for everyone in your session that caught fish. And it slows mm. it down maybe a little bit, but the rewards are meaningful. Where like with just two people playing at the same time, you're boosting your three-minute loops from like six, seven points if you're lucky to like. 12, 14, 15 points, pretty average. So it's... That was kind of cool. Me and some of my friends were playing Animal Crossing together, and that was neat. I like anything that promotes cooperative play. Uh, because it's not super common in yeah. games. It just really isn't. Just cooperative play in general is not common in games, and I like it when there's any of these mechanics that promote it and give you a good reason to do to do it. and still And make it fun still. Yeah, yeah. It, it was. It. I'm not saying whether it's good or bad because I think having that thing happen while the fucking bunny fest was still happening, so you had the risk of catching eggs at all turns, was potentially a poor choice. But I, I really enjoyed this. I kind of wish this had been there, like the the first or second week of Animal Crossing, to really encourage you to build out a friends list and like dive into this activity. Because the friends, the, the friend aspect makes this activity way fucking better to anyone who ground this thing out by themselves. I'm sorry, mm. that kind of sounds like it probably sucked. Yeah. But, no, it sounds, I mean, yeah, it sounds like it was fun. Like, it was fun kind of doing it yeah. with another person and, you know, this co-op idea. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's it for me, though. I don't really haven't been doing much. I, it's 
kind of bouncing around stuff. So, what about you, Alex? What have you been up to? Um, it's been a lot of just like working uh my two days here and then a few days off. Like it's yeah. It it's all good. Nothing have much been, really. Have you been doing any like good WoW raids or anything? Um it I'm in a weird place with WoW right now. Mm. Like like I, I'm in some of the good raids right now, but like I feel just with the weird system they have with corruption, my character just feels behind. Oh. And so uh, for all the, the we're cl- we're ten out of twelve the guild, so we're we're close to finishing off the raid tier. Wow. Um But it's it's gonna be rough because these last two fights are gonna be pretty fucking gnarly. But are they the thing is, it's not corruption heavy. Hmm? Are they pretty corruption heavy? It's not necessarily the corruption heavy. It, it, I mean, the corruption ma- ma- increases your DPS and basically all that stuff. Like, it, it makes a better play. But, like, it's... The the last two fights are very mechanic-heavy. And it's, like, kind of weird because you're kind of fighting the boss, but not really. Mm. And it, it, that's a weird way to describe it. But, like, for example, I'll, I'll give you an example. The last here with Eternal Palace, Queen of Sharo is only maybe, like, two-thirds of the fight. If at that, a lot of it was like killing other ads, or actually not even that. A good chunk of the fight itself was actually ads and other mm. mechanics, and not actually Ashara herself until mm. the very end, where it was a focus on her. But like, it's it's a weird thing where like people have to do things mechanically. It's this whole thing I ranted about earlier, where there's a lot of personal responsibility mechanic wise, where like if one person does one something wrong the entire raid wipes, and mm. there are a few fights like that. Like, Zinesh is a fight where uh, you have, like, you have to hit a ball into a portal. It's the soccer boss, they call it. But if you screw that yeah. up in any way, it's an instant wipe. There's no recovery. And it's shit like that that's gotten really kind of annoying. Um, so I'm at this point, since I'm not in some of the new fights, I'm sitting on a good chunk of them. Which I get, because just my character's behind. I switched from an Elu Shaman to a Warlock. Could halfway through the, all this, so. Hmm. But I still see some of the early fights and things like that and all that jazz. But um, we'll see how these last two fights go. Um, but it's... Eh, I'm kind of just getting characters ready for Shadowlands at this point. So I'm leveling up anything I want to level up so they're caught up. Because right now they have a... playing in all honesty? Uh, playing WoW? Yeah. No, no, I still play. I mean, I have my two raid nights that I do Friday and Saturday, so. Oh, I thought you stepped it down this last uh, conversation last week. It seemed like you were taking a full-on break. No, 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 no. Friday you know, and Saturday are my raid nights, and then Tuesday is the side one that we do. Hmm. So. Uh, have you, uh, or what classes do you play? Uh, right now, I am... Well, I retired the Shaman for the time being, but it was a Shaman that mm. I played as Ellie or Enhancement. Uh, okay. I'm maining Warlock at the moment, but I'm also okay. kind of leveling up other stuff right now. But the thing is, though, I think it's also been my transition from a ranged class, or to a ranged class from a melee class. Like, mm. rating-wise, I guess rating career-wise, I've always been a melee player. So, yeah. like, I'm used to responding to mechanics and things like that from the melee perspective. Um, which is like more on reaction as opposed to 
planning ahead in a way. Which I, I don't know if you get where I'm going with that one. But oh like, yeah, it, sort of. You're playing more meta strategy if you're playing like support. Depending on well, I'm just talking about support. If you're playing like a healer or something, yeah. Um, you're thinking you're looking at more of the larger field rather than more focused on, uh, you know, what's happening in front of you. I guess. Yeah. Extent. There's just it's 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 the it's the DPS meta, if you will, mm-hmm. or yeah. so like if you're playing a range class, you have certain things you're used to doing as a range class, and you plan ahead for. As a melee, I feel it's a lot more reactionary when you get involved in certain mechanics. Um, And so I feel like even now my transition from melee to range has not been optimal. I feel like it's it's costing me valuable DPS time, so to speak. I would, yeah, I generally tend to play melee to all characters. That's why in Terra I play a ninja. That's Mm -hmm. basically the only class I've really enjoyed playing a lot. And it is intensely you're constantly in their face and constantly reacting it's because it's a it's a fast kiting class essentially mm-hmm. it's like it's based heavily on your movement like heavily on the way you move around and then kite and and draw uh, uh, yeah uh, and draw everything basically draw mobs away or yeah. stun something or yeah so yeah i get that i definitely get that and it's just our online plays similarly. Yeah. So at this point, I'm uh, in the fights I'm in. I'm, you know, obviously doing my part and doing what I can. Um, mm-hmm. But in the fights that I am not in right now, because we have a, I mean, raid size is 20 people max in the raid. And we have a roster of like 25 or 26 right now. Mm-hmm. So people get rotated in and out. That's just part of the nature of having a bigger roster. Yeah. Um, which is better than having less than because then you mm. don't have any pulls or any raid. So yeah, um, and we actually had a good chunk of that in Battle Dissolve Lore. We had to bring some outside pugs mm. in to help us out with some of them, and it was people who were like if people we knew from other guilds who had cleared the content. So like, okay, it wasn't like we were bringing somebody in and training them fresh. Like it was people who who knew how to play. So, but we had mm. a lot. We had a good chunk of that in in like two raid tiers ago. And it was because were people were quitting or, you know, things like that. So, hmm. but right now it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not bad. I'm just trying to get stuff prepped for Shadowlands and checking out the content, stuff like that. I'm not in the alpha yet as much as I'd like to be, but at some point, hopefully I'll get my invite in. Um, yeah. I have a friend of mine who got me in through the friends and family alpha. So hmm. they have a, a, a listing they generate. And so. I'm uh, on that list, and we'll see when I get invited to it. But as of right now, I'm not in yet. But I'm watching all the content stuff that comes out for it, and looking forward to it. Yeah. Other than that, it's it's a uh, it's a slow week. There's mm. not a lot going on. Like it's I don't know if there's anything about that, but yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at. So that's it for me. I do have Destiny Two installed, so I'm probably gonna play that again. At some do point. it. Join so. us. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well, as far as uh, me and video games, yeah, I played. I'm still playing Destiny two a lot. Yeah. You know, like like Charlie mentioned, we had a chance to actually play at the same time and and experience the problems with GeForce now. If you don't pick the good like like manually pick your server for GeForce now, there's a chance it's virtually unplayable. Because that happened, just, uh, 
we got to the moon and it just started just I could I couldn't load. Yeah, I do not know what's going out. on with that. That I do, no, I do know. In the end, it was. I'm pretty sure it was just I needed to manually pick a better server because there's some servers that just get swamped. And yeah, I think Nvidia's limits are really being shown here because, as I said, they had to build infrastructure just for this they had to build server racks and everything just for this because they couldn't have had it beforehand not not to this level whereas google they already have this type of computer infrastructure in place so i'm surprised that geforce now works at all to be honest but yeah it's it's having some problems and it is because of the server load I, I just, it, that became evident whenever I switch to a better server. It's just like, oh, well, I guess now it's working. I guess it was just the server I was on. But yep. Um, yeah. And other than that, I I guess I still really have a thing for roguelikes, or the rogue, roguelite, mm-hmm. I guess you could more accurately call it. Just games with uh, the sort of randomized content that you can go back to and play again and again. And, yeah, I played several of those this week. Um, one of them I play, uh, I like Dungeon of the Endless. Is it's just, have you, have you played Dungeon of the Endless? Or are you familiar with that, either even, of you? I don't even know that title, I don't think. I am not. Alright, so, it's one game company has a whole thing with the Endless. They both do a sort of a fantasy one that's like Endless Legend and some other ones. And then sci-fi ones, and this is one of the sci-fi things. And they're very different games. They're all based, but the consistent universe they're from is actually pretty cool. It has some has some cool lore to it. But in any case, uh, Dungeon of the Endless is a a tower. It's a tower game, kind of a tower protection game, a tower defense game. I mean, uh, where essentially you go from room to room. You you open a room and then as you open a room what the room what the number of rooms is random randomized like the num like and the maze itself that's the kind of rooms that connect to each other and what they have in them and the monsters that they get that get released every time you open a new door because that's essentially what happens every time you open a new door a bunch of monsters appear and you can set up turrets but it's limited to what's in each room. So there's only a certain amount of spaces for the turrets. And the turrets can some of the, many of them are attacked, but some of them are pass or sort of passive additions like they'll give you higher defense or give you more attack for your characters or something like that. And certain characters do better, like can improve or fix fixate fix the turrets that you put in each room. And and some characters work better in groups, some characters work better alone because of their abilities, special abilities that they'll have. So there's a lot of variance to it. And who you find is also randomized. You start with a couple of characters, and you can have, uh, it, and you can have up to uh, only a certain. Uh, you can only have four characters at a time. So you have, so you kind of have to pick and choose. It's like, who do I want? Like, what role do I still need that I need to have filled here? And yeah. so it's a it's a really neat game. I really like it, and it's a lot of fun. And yeah, it is. And there's a lot of variations. Like there's a lot of different game modes too. 
that that are quite different from each other that require very different strategies. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, I, I played that uh, this week. Um, I played Death Skid Marks, which is uh, a road racing game. Uh, yeah, because I hope these names live up. Like, I hope these games live up how great some of their names are. Yeah. Um, yeah, this one is you have a car, you're in a car, and you're trying to get to a concert, and you're just basically destroy everything else on the road on the way there. <laughs> That's the point of the game. And you get more people in your car, and they have different attributes, and the, and there's different weapons that they can hold, as well as passive items and sort of meta items that can like heal heal either other people or fix the car. But the important thing is is like getting a good crew in your car. Some cars can have more people than others. Four is the max, but some can only have two. But they'll have something special to them, like they'll have a turret. Or like a jet engine or something, something crazy on it, and so there's a lot of variants for that game, and uh, there's yeah, and it is randomized like what what each sort of section of road brings as as well as the bosses, and yeah, it's kind of just fun carnage. I mean, it doesn't take very long to get through through it if you make it through it. On the regular, just the regular difficulty, it's pretty brutal. Like, it, it's, it get, you have to get really, really clever with how you power up your car for, and then how you power up your people. Because there are, you can increase people's attributes as well as the car's attributes, like defense and speed and handling. And for the people, like, how their attack and defense for both melee and for ranged weapons. and. Yeah, it's 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 pretty fun. You just you're just rolling your way to a concert, and you have to think about how to spend your money. Well, as well as there's a role that each character can have where they get money depending on, like for instance, for killing the passengers of of these of these other cars, or for crashing the car or something, or different different things that'll give you money. And so that's how you build money. To buy all the different upgrades, yeah. but that's that's a fun game because and there again you can go back to it because it's randomly generated, procedurally generated. So yeah, um, yeah, I I I, I mean there again it's no, at this point it's pretty much a thing. That's kind of my favorite type of game to go back to because you you can just jump in and play it. It there's no sort of attachment to it. I guess to a a long-term attachment and it's different every time so i mean it's and yeah and it does it pretty well yeah i've seen a few people streaming some games that i'm interested in getting into but i haven't played them yet so i'm not gonna really talk about them too much but uh other than that uh I'm bl- all right so Crunchyroll usually gives news about what the new season's gonna be like there are too many isekai shows. There's just so many. I mean, yeah, I watched one that's basically a meta isekai show. I think show. there's I watched... too many shows at this point. Period. It's, but it's, they are way too many isekai shows. I was like, half of these shows are isekai shows. That's, it's just getting to a point where it's like, and a lot of them aren't interesting. Like, they, they're just like, guy in fantasy world. And that's it. Well, to be like, fair, that's kind of what all isekais are, tech. 
technically. But but I mean, that is, they're nothing more than just like, sure. they become, he becomes Bland Warrior, and that's it. Whoa, whoa, you're talking shit about the Bland Warrior? <laughs> but yeah, I, I, had fun, I had fun with a couple of them, like, for instance, like the one about the pro wrestler who gets into an isekai, and just basically creates pro wrestling in a fantasy realm, which is which is a lot of fun to be honest. It is it's it's not taking itself nearly as seriously. It's having a lot of fun with the idea. And uh, Konosuba, which is a spoof of Isekai, and that's why it's entertaining to me, but it's like stuff like RE0 and RE0, I don't know how it's actually said, because I don't watch, I've never really watched it, it's just kind of boring. But, yeah, there's too many of those, and they need to stop making those, because it's like, it's already getting tired. Oh, the other one that I that I liked was the one about a restaurant, basically a restaurant from this world being, having a every once in a while a doorway to a fantasy realm, and that's that was fun because it was more about the food, really. Sure. <laughs> like really good food. Oh, yeah, it's all about but, the hook after a certain point. But yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's just too many of those have no hook. And then I was just like looking at the premises for a lot of them. I was like, mm, no. But yeah, that's. Yeah, I didn't really. Yeah, I didn't really watch anything new this week. I mean, I continued watching some of the ones I've been watching, which. Yeah, or mostly not isekai shows. It's weird. I've made the conscious effort to watch something I have not watched before every week, and it's definitely helped my sanity some. Hmm. But I'm running out of stuff on my list. Like, And I'm using a real broad definition of haven't watched before. Like, season three of all, or season two of Altered Carbon will qualify for this metric. Hmm. One thing I still recommend, because I mentioned before, did you watch through. Well, have you watched Legion? Yeah, I I don't like that show post the first season as much as you do. I love the show and I love the way it ended. I just I feel like the second season was even better. I will get around to watching all of it eventually. I, it's Doom it, Patrol is all is a little shorter because it's just one season so far. Doom Patrol, I want to get to. The issue is I have to set up the DC whatever it's called to watch that. And yeah. It's kind of, but it's not the only DC show that's worth watching. I've heard that, though. the Harley Quinn thing, and also, like, for better or worse, the Titans show is... The Titans show got way better. Yeah, I've, I've heard, like, it's pretty good from the jump, but it's one of those ones where it's like, it's more than just that trailer that keeps floating around of Robin going, fuck Batman. It's like, yeah, we, <laughs> was... we get it, this is an edgy show, apparently, but... Yeah, that's a dumb trailer. It really, the show is better than that. Yeah. It actually is. Yeah, it's 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 one of those ones where I'm, I'm going to restart my Stars subscription at some point so I can rewatch mm. American Gods, but like it's uh. working through the list of, okay, what free trial is this time's time? Mm-hmm. And or is it finally time to add this <laughs> service to Hulu? We'll see. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Probably not, but... Yeah, I'm not subscribed to a lot of the... Uh... But most of the things it's like I did DC the DC thing mainly just for Doom Patrol to be honest. Oh, I've and, I've heard nothing but good things about that show. Like I it's I am intrigued and like the clips I have seen look cool. 
but it's one of those ones where it's like, gotta be tactical about this, and time is now. And, yeah, I would never have gotten the FX thing if not for Legion. Like, at all. Yeah. I'll just say that, too. I'm Because, honestly, I'm not that interested in many of the other FX shows. Yes, they have other good shows. Like, I've heard Narcos is good, yeah. and... And people are people have been super into the Sons of uh, Anarchy. Yeah, I, but I never watched it. I'm as now, someone who I'm likes Sons of Anarchy and also likes um, Mayans, mm. like as, as someone who really likes both of those shows, who in so many ways those shows are written for like whatever fucking demographic I fall into. I'm still like, should you watch these shows? No, but you love these mm. shows, yeah. Shouldn't watch them. Huh. <laughs> These are hour-long specials on the glorification of unbelievably reparable behavior presented as heroic acts. Like, the yep. number of federal agents that were just doing their job, and their job was, like, to stop a bunch of white dudes from selling assault weapons in the U.S. that are played up as the yeah. bad guys of this show. It's like... Yeah, these these it's were kind of crooked an, agents, but you know, we really shouldn't be like, man, this agent's the worst for getting in the way of this Irish gun running front. Yeah, it gives you a real weird feeling watching a show like that. That yeah, that, that it's, it wouldn't be the first show like that that's come out. It's not like they're 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 like you know doing something too, so crazy. No, and but it's 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 one of those but, ones. Yeah. Where, by the end of the fir- by the end of Sons of Anarchy, which is over, like the quote good guys are so not the good guys. Where it's like you find yourself in a situation where you're like, man, remember back when like the corrupt cop? I remember the corrupt cops. Yeah, they were the good guys, apparently. Yeah, it, I mean, I guess it goes if the and there again, I haven't watched it. If the show glamorizes it versus making you actually feel caught making it clear that the protagonist is not does not mean good guy like in breaking bad it makes it pretty clear that like walter white is not somebody you should be idolizing see and sons of anarchy does it the same way but like to get real broad for a second it's the rick and morty problem it's the breaking bad problem it's the sons of anarchy Mm. problem like it's it's the Tyler Durden problem where, yes, yeah. the point of these things are these are not good people and you should not look up to them, you should not idolize them. But how many fucking idiots do we all know that just want to be Tyler Durden? Oh, yeah. Or now, like you said, like Rick. When yeah. Rick is clearly not the good guy and the creators of the show will have straight up said so. Like, they're like, no, he's he's not the good guy here. Yeah. Like, we aren't, I mean, if anybody's sort of trying to be good, it's Morty. No, and Mayans does a better job, I think, of kind of maintaining the we are bad people, mostly mm. because they're never doing anything good necessarily. Like, part of mm. the Sons of Anarchy mythos for the show is it's the it's this idea of, well, how could this criminal organization exist in this town? And it's because the thing is a fucking outreach machine that does shit like buy new fire engines for the town's fire department, where it's like, yeah, we have this criminal element here, but man, do they give back to the community. And then you have the Mayans, where just like down to the fact they operate out of a 
fucking junkyard, essentially. Like a salvage yard where the sons were operating out of a mechanic shop, technically. Like, it's just a different kind of thing where just, like, Mayans never get away from, no, we're not good people. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, and, and yeah, we are I mean, active participants in the slave trade, essentially, yeah. <laughs> oh my. I, a, a big subplot of that show is the fact the Mayans maintained the smuggling tunnels between Mexico and the US, and, like, there are huge swaths of that show that are like, what comes, like, like hey, can I borrow your portal? Or your, your tunnel? Why? I need to move some people in or out of the US. Don't worry about it. We just use those tunnels for moving drugs and guns. We're not sure how we feel about people. Don't worry about it. I already said don't worry about it. Okay, you did say don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I I get what you mean. I definitely get what you mean. I, by... I, I'm not knocking the shows for some of my favorite shows. I love good shows about bad people, but like, mm. back when I was riding motorcycles, like, hell, I, 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 I can't even say ironically even, like, I owned a fake Sons of Anarchy hoodie that I would wear when riding my motorcycle, and when I was in Pittsburgh, when I had that thing, like, this, this made me owning a motorcycle kind of thing, real bikers would take it seriously, not realizing that there wasn't a Massachusetts chapter of the Sons of Anarchy and slash or that the Sons of Anarchy wasn't a real chapter also. <laughs> like, it, it, in the same way that just owning a motorcycle causes weird social things to happen, like, mm. being into those shows also seems to cause weird social things to happen. And, like, I, most fans of those shows are perfectly responsible, get what's going on, people, but, like, the Mayans understand, like, the Sons of Anarchy writers understand the consumers of that show so well. The Mayans, the, the, the sequel show, has a fucking subplot that runs through the show about fake biker gang gangs inspired by biker TV shows. <laughs> and, like, the just burning hatred the Mayans have for this other biker gang that's not a real gang. They're just a bunch of frat bro dudes that, like, I'm not sure what the show's equivalent of Sons of Anarchy is, the TV show, but they are referencing, like, oh, I bet you saw some cool-ass biker TV show and got your gym rat friends all together and formed a club. That's cool. Do you even do illegal shit? Or do you just, like, ride around town looking tough and intimidating people? Yeah. Yeah, definitely that's kind of a yeah. self-aware thing. I know, and like the shows are fantastically self-aware. It's the fan base that are like, yeah, I'm gonna be a biker now. No, no, you're not. Shut up about it. What the fuck were we talking about? <laughs> I was just talking about what I watched that we kind of descended into common TV criticism, I, I guess. It's that uh, kind of week. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Straight up. We could awesome TV cast today. Yeah. Yeah. Go watch Sons of Anarchy. Stop watching that show in one of the Matrix one like when Clay dies, that's when the show should have ended. There's a whole, like, just don't watch the last season of Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> but also, if you have FX anyway, just watch Legion. I, like, in the weirdest way possible, I can recommend Hulu, because now FX stuff just shows up the day after it airs on Hulu now for free. Or for as part of your normal Hulu subscription. Like, Hulu is, is secretly just fucking kicking ass these days. Hmm. 
I have I I've never had a Hulu subscription. I guess I haven't been aware of the shows that they've carried that I'm if interested in watching. If I could only watching. have one, I would have Hulu. Hulu right is now, very I nice. have right now all I have is Crunchyroll. That's it. Yeah, Crunchyroll's not bad either. I uh, Crunchyroll's pretty legit. I've heard some good things about like Boruto. Finally, like I know the first good chunk of it has been garbage, but I. I heard I it's gotten zero. better. Yes, the entire was... prequel called Naruto is hot fucking garbage. And you we've finally gotten shut to the your real mouth. goodness that is Boruto. You shut your mouth, Charlie. I you don't like Saints Row 4. Your opinion is invalid to me. Yeah, I I have no interest in getting into Naruto or Boruto. But they can have they can have their fandom. I just don't have any interest in it. I never have. I think it's because I think Naruto ruined me for for wanting to watch Boruto because I've watched a bit of Naruto and I'm like, wow, this is real boring, straight up. But not to be that guy, else. but the manga of Naruto is significantly superior to the TV show. Just just throwing that one out there. Uh, yeah, I slide my glasses up my nose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, should we? Uh... Get into some news then? Sure, fuck it, why not? (laughs) (laughs) Why the fuck not? Ah, let's just go. Starting off this week, y'all see that PS5 controller? Yeah, it looks like a controller to me. I think that's a nice-ass looking controller. Don't love the part about there being built-in microphones, though. I do not want that function. (laughs) Click, 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 click. What? Oh, yeah. It's right on the right on it. You can you can see it. See the little Unla- holes yeah. in it. Unlike the one for uh, the Stadia, it's quite hard to miss the probable microphone like built into the controller thing for this. And Cool. <laughs> I'm going to have two Good. controllers with a piece of tape and cotton taped onto them now. Cool. Good to see that uh, they're taking uh, taking cues from... The Famicom. You will not tell me this controller does not look cool. I love the kind of white and black design that's going on. Like this, uh, it's this fine. is slickness I here. I enjoy the buttons look a bit spaced so, far apart to me. I, I and need I'm a not liking, and I really don't like that D-pad. I super don't like that D-pad. Well, so and I, I think anyway. what I'm running into is like if that's just the D-pad they've had for all the PS4s and PS3s, I'll be fine with it. But man, to your point, it really looks like those buttons might be like touchscreens or something or have no like protrusion above the controller. And that worries me a lot. Oh, if they don't, if they aren't actually clicky buttons, if this is like touch buttons. Yeah, I don't. uh, I I have not seen a picture of this thing in like perspective or from a side profile. And like, I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm like, it's like, I I love how this thing looks. I love how clean it looks. But man, do I really hope that's a button on there still and not just like a touch surface. And if you're playing some online games, be prepared to hear click, 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 constantly. Yeah, I assume there's some like noise cancellation for that, but also use a fucking headset like an adult, you savages. So this controller looks... Like it's suiting up to travel to a timeline to gather a Infinity Stone from Thanos. <laughs> that is that is a good description yeah. of it. Doesn't yeah. make me like it any less though. I like 
most excited picture with other colors. Like it's imagine it's like a black and red version or like a black and green version of like a, a nice metallic sheen on that alt color kind of thing. Yeah. But no, this is definitely going to join the Avengers and fight Thanos. Yeah, along with a V-shaped base console kind of thing. Like, it's... Yep. Uh, it, mostly, I look at this and go, man, maybe those pictures of those weird V-shaped consoles were real. Oh, God, I hope so. Yeah. Maybe it's, yeah. This, maybe it's how sterile it looks I'm enjoying. Like, there's, like, a nice medical grade to these photos where I'm like, yeah, that's but what I looks- want for a controller. I will say this also, it looks less conformed to your hand than even their previous controllers. I don't know. Yeah, like, I, it's, I won't know till I hold one. Like, I, yeah, I, I just don't know. Like, I, I've yet to see a picture of any this thing in anyone's hands either, so it's kind of a, yeah. it looks pretty, and, and nothing, it looks pretty. But yeah, it looks to be more stylized than sort of conforming to grip than previous controllers, and that's like, that's a weird move. Well, especially because the I mean, PS4 it looks, is like almost a perfect controller for what it is. I'll 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 say this: it looks more like a Dreamcast controller than a than a PS than yeah a maybe PlayStation controller because it's just it looks kind of bigger in weird places that make it look like it'll be yeah, harder to grip. Yeah, bigger in weird places. I like <laughs> that controller. I like to have a weird lump. I do like that they seem to have moved the sort of start and select buttons closer to, like, where you would be able to reach them in normal gameplay. Yeah. But I also see them possibly being accidentally pressed a whole lot during normal gameplay. Well, like, that happens in normal realm now, too. Like, I I guess it's worth mentioning that, like, the, the share button is gone, and now it's, like, the go live button or something. Hmm. That's that's totally different. Broadcast or something, media button. Yeah, but wow, the mic built into it just seems hilarious to me. Okay, I'm now looking at kind of a sort of side shot of it, and there does appear to be Mm. some depth of the buttons, but Mm. I don't know. Keeping the touchpad though, which is a choice. Yeah, the touchpad is a good is a good thing. I don't know. I like. Did any games even really use it? Uh, not really. My point. A couple have in, like, weird ways, but, like, Destiny is arguably the one that uses it the most. It's just another button to press to bring up your, um, ghost. Yeah, but that's, like, not really use, using it. I mean, I mean, the, the where I could have seen it used is, like, like, a mouse for RTS games. Uh, you can't, you... So that functionality does exist, it's just kind of awkward to use it that way. Like, you could use it as a mouse for typing stuff. Yeah. And we're using the browser. I just, there again, yeah, I just don't see it as useful. I saw it as just like, why is this on here? It, it's especially as awkward as it is to use. Oh no, 0% defending it. I, I, I'm in the camp of like, huh, they're keeping it. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder if any games are actually going to use it. I think at it's all more if they have any crossplay way. coming from the PS4. Enough things kind of at least sort of use it. It'd be a problem not to have it. You know, dude, what I, the way I think they should have used it that they didn't is gestures, you know, mouse gestures. And that's how it was used. Like, uh, Killzone Shadowfall for what you wanted, you used used the touchpad to do the drone. Yeah. But I'm like being able to, like, you know, swipe up or swipe left or swipe, you know, mouse gestures to use on it. 
Games didn't even use that. Not really. I'm like, why? I don't know. Like I said, it just seems like a weird thing that just like has no, has no real use. Nobody, nobody utilized it. I'll say that. Yeah. Like I said, mouse gesture just gestures are cool. Like I, I have mouse gestures for my, for my, that I use on my computer, but it's like, yeah. It, they just didn't utilize it at all for any games other than, like, another button, <laughs> often. And occasionally to control something, but usually not. Yeah. Yep. It's a controller. Yep. It's cer- it's certainly a controller. Speaking of controllers. Let's talk about Stadia. All right. Because that's What's all that Stadia? thing is in my mind. Uh, What's it's Stadia? A- it's a weirdly branded not Xbox 360 controller I own. Mm. <laughs> it's kind of weirdly rounded, almost doughy in appearance. Oh. Well, uh, uh, jokes aside, Alex is mild amnesia notwithstanding. Uh, if you wanted to try Stadia, you can. There's two free months of Pro going on right now. Uh, as I have now confirmed, you can sign up and then cancel the subscription immediately. And you still mm-hmm. have till like June to play it. Yep. So this, uh, unlike the last time you could do this, this does not require you to buy a Stadia controller. You can use the PC version or whatever. Like a, I don't know if they've added the Bluetooth for non-Stadia controllers to the phone yet, but you can do the Henry thing and just play it via browser. Yep. Uh, so you're uh, when you sign up, you're getting two free months of the Pro thing. So you will get a bunch of free games, including Destiny 2. So. Hmm. Yeah. It appears this is also the start of the free Stadia, but oh you yeah, can't, I saw that as an option. But you yeah. can't. So can you opt into that? Because I don't think I can. Um, I could not find a way to turn yet. that on. Yeah. Uh, not yet. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's Stadia. Stadia, you can try it out if you want. Yeah. I recommend using it with your Chromebook if yeah, you have I- one. I reckon like, for the price of free, everyone should check out Stadia. Like everyone should at least dip <laughs> their toe into this and be like, "Okay, this is what it is." Because it's cool tech. It's just not tech I'm willing to spend money on yet. Yeah, the fact that it's basically it is a console. I mean, in for all intents and purposes, you can consider it a console because yeah. it, you have to develop games just for the Stadia. We've mentioned this before. Because it is its own platform. And it's not clear why you have to do that necessarily even, but yeah. Well, it's because they decided to make their own just straight-up platform. They wanted to make their own... This is Google's console. It's true. I mean, we talked about, you know, just you know, not, not a week ago about them having it, or maybe two weeks ago, about them making it a little bit easier for devs to develop for it. Because you have to have, you have, to have specific yeah. stuff to develop with it specific tools so yeah um yeah that's that's uh stadia <laughs> that's your stadia corner yeah and in the same way you should check out the nvidia one if you've been checking that out you should check out the stadia one too like it's yeah if you're a, as a informed consumer you should be checking out these products not because you necessarily want them but because you can and this maybe these two ones aren't the ones that we're going with but they're not going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, GeForce Now, I mean, you can play for free right now. You have been since the beginning. And also, if you want, uh, and I went ahead and went for this because I wanted to play for more than an hour at a time, 
I, if you go for their sort of founders pack, you get three months free to start. So it's like you could just play for a while. I mean, you, even if you wanted to do it, you know, for longer than hour spurts. So yeah, there's options. Yeah, well, there's always options for better or worse. Yeah. All right, where to go next? Let's talk about Fallout seventy six real quick. <laughs> oh, we haven't had a cool minute to talk about Fallout 76. Yeah, I, it almost feels weird to talk about Fallout 76 in this current times, but uh, we had a trailer for Fallout 76's uh, NPC expansion, the Wastelanders thing. It's a coming still, apparently. Yeah. It looks like it's it's going to happen. Yeah, when does this thing go live? <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see April, all the bugs. A- April 14th. Yeah, so uh, the day we are... so. In two days after the recording of this, uh, so the Tuesday after this goes up, you could, in theory, be playing Fallout 76 with NPCs. It's also the day it launches on Steam, so... Yeah, anybody else predicting this is going to be a shit show? Oh, it's going to be a shit show. I Oh, it's going to be amazing. Amazing shit show. Like, extraordinary. I can't wait to see the bugs that pop up on day zero. But it also doesn't change the fact that, like, go watch this trailer. It will make you angry people have put as much time into this game as it sure seems like people have without this content existing. Because <laughs> this seems like some pretty, it's kind of got to be there for it to be considered Fallout level bullshit, period. Yeah. Well, that's just my takeaway from it. Like, it's a cool trailer. That, that's, that's the worst part for me. I watch this and I'm like, huh, new Fallout game. Maybe I'll check this out. No, no, no. Nope. Ah, uh, what next? Ah, uh, there was an inside Xbox that happened during this whole outbreak thing. Showed off some games. Um, it I guess uh, it showed actually a few games that haven't come out yet. Yeah. So, I mean, that's good. Uh, let's run through this quickly. Uh, Forza Street, it's an Android game. It'll be here on May 5th. Uh, it's part of the Forza franchise. Uh, Minecraft Dungeons will release May 26th. Uh, apparently it's Diablo, but easier and kid-friendly. Yeah, I yeah I saw that actually. That looks kind of fun actually. Uh, Journey to a Savage Planet will get its first update or first uh, expansion called Hut Garbage on April fifteenth. Gears Tactics, a game that I keep looking at, going. I don't know if I care about this or not. Got some. Information. I don't care about the Gears universe, so it's like a tactics game. Yeah, even it, it being a tactics game does not really make me attracted to it. Yep. I've I never heard of Gears Tactics. Is there a release date for this yet? I don't see it on this thing. Mm, nope. Yeah. yeah. I guess, no, it said it went gold already, so yeah, that so means it's, it's been released. Yeah, it's been released. I thought you said uh, when a game goes gold, that means it's just ready to be released, or it's like in final print. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's final print, yeah. so it's ready to be out. Maybe it's coming this week. I don't know. I'd have to check on that. Uh the Hotline Miami collection is now available on Xbox One if you don't own all the Hotline Miami games already. Uh, Atomic... Atomic Crops. Yeah, okay, I was reading that right. I've, I... I've played that. Or no, I've watched... Sorry, I haven't played it. I've watched it played. Uh, what are your thoughts on default... it? It looks fun. It's a Devolver digital game. Huh. It's wild. What are you doing? Like, uh, you basically... Alright, so you're planning sort of crops. It, it kind of has parts of sort of turret or uh, uh, tower defense in it where like some of the crops help you 
you're running around firing. It's sort of a twin stick shooter or okay. like a mouse aim shooter. And you're running around firing and getting power-ups and defending your crops. But also your crops can help you out too. So it's it, it looks it looks pretty wild. So yeah, that is a game that I've seen played at least. But yeah, that's Devolver Digital and their stuff is always kind of wild. That it is. Yeah, at least I think it's... Is it Devolver Digital? Uh, maybe it's not. Uh, but it is, it is a pretty wild game. Uh, no, it's Raw Fury is the company that yeah. makes it. But, uh, yeah, it's it looks fun. You have to water your crops, too, and kind of tend to them. In which is blood! While you're, like, killing other things that are trying to attack you and your crops. So, uh, sure. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, of the games on the list, that's the one that I think looks the most fun to me, personally. But, anyway. Well, in addition to that, a Sea of Thieves update that comes April 22nd is bringing us cats. And some other stuff, but mostly cats. <laughs> cats. Yay! I should go back and check that game out now that it's been out for, like, what, two years? <laughs> Do that and play Mass Effect Andromeda just to see what the final version of that game was like. Hmm. I spent a weird amount of time talking about Mass Effect Andromeda lately. I, I maybe it was like free on like EA Access or like really cheap or something, and a bunch of people have wanted to talk to me about that because they know I love Mass Effect. I'm like, oh, what you think of Andromeda? And I'm like, I played that game at launch, so I don't know what game you played. <laughs> we experienced very different versions of that game. And then they're like, won't those changes cosmetic? And I'm like, I don't know what those changes were. They were like six months of solid changes going on. Mm. I don't pretend to know. Ah, uh, what next? Uh, there. Uh, so E3, specifically the ESA, or that's uh, that's not right. Will not yeah. be doing a virtual E3 this year. Uh, Microsoft and others may do something. The ESA will not, meaning that there is no virtual E3 2020 happening. Other stuff will happen, I'm sure, in that time slot or whatever. It's not quite clear what that will ultimately be. But E3 2020 is 100% canceled now. Yep. Yeah, I mean, they had teased the idea of doing a, you know, sort of a series of virtual online events. Kind of like what uh, the... Uh, well, I mean, like if, what a few other things have done, yeah. such as uh, the, uh, uh, oh, gosh, the uh, programming one that happened not too long ago. GDC. The GDC, yeah. Well, GDC and like Microsoft, it. I think, will do something. I think they've said they're going to do something. This, this will not be a year without, like, some yeah. gaming media in June, I suspect. I think a lot of people still use that time frame to do something like i'd be surprised if ubisoft didn't do something around that time either because tradition yeah. but yep es3 e3 2020 totally canceled y'all long live e3 2020 this is what happens when you make influencers the focus of your press of your yep event i was just gonna say yep they're like oh we don't know how to do the influencer thing in a virtual online way that makes anybody want to watch it which is dumb, because if they really wanted to, I mean, influencers spend their fucking lives on social media. It's not hard. They just don't... They want the, the, the FaceTime of them being at an event that would be better driven. So... This, this is the cynic in me. 
I'm just thinking like maybe they're realizing that some of the like some of the people that are just sort of the Instagrammers and not streamers are probably not that interesting to be around minute to minute. Unless you're like in front of them in person, maybe that's sort of a thing is like, oh I'm meeting them. But it's like them just doing a cast would probably be very boring. I don't know if they were going to do that necessarily, but I, it's we don't know. The event's not happening. We cannot watch and judge. Yeah. I, I think it's... I, I don't know what I think at this point. I, I think it's, it <laughs> makes a lot of sense them not to be doing a digital thing, given yeah. what they're moving towards. I, it's like, fuck, Sony already pulled out of that. Like, Not to be mean to Nintendo and Microsoft for a sec, but like a... Th- third of the big deal of E3 isn't showing up. Another of those thirds has been doing directs now for the better part of an entire con- like two console generations. They obviously yep. don't need that event, really. Microsoft yep. already said, hey, we're going to do our own thing, too. And also, like what people forget is Microsoft has technically done their own thing the last couple of years. Like It's been in correspondence with E3, and they've had a floor presence. But their event mm-hmm. has been off-site. Like, it hasn't been within the footprint of E3 in a while. It's at, like, the, what, the Microsoft Theater, the Nokia Theater or something? Yeah. yeah. Which is not nearby, but not, like... It's nearby, but it's not, like... It's not in the complex. Yeah. Yeah, they've been positioned to do their own thing for quite a while. That and E3 is pointless and blah, 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 blah. Mm. My normal reframe. Oh, uh, where to go next? Uh, Animal Crossing got banned in China because you can use creative tools in it to protest the Chinese government. Not surprising. <laughs> of course it is. Yep. You are percent surprised. I... They are, they are, a lot of people are going sort of gray and black market to buy it anyways. Because that's what happens when you just ban something outright that is in, as innocuous as Animal Crossing. But, yep. Indeed. Yeah, I, it's... I'm kind of surprised that no one didn't see this coming, but that's a whole separate topic. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I I, I can, and I I, I kind of see how they, they would have... It's not obvious that you could make such things in Animal Crossing until you really start to look at it closely and realize what the tools allow you to do. Oh, I, I think it's totally a thing you can think about. Like, Nintendo's obviously thought about it because... Whenever you like post anything to the share mic market for that stuff, they say like, "Please don't be a dick." Like, we get it would be so easy to just like put a shit ton of swastika stuff in this game. Yet yeah, we we know, please don't do it. Yeah, yeah. Animal Crossing, a platform for protest, apparently. Yeah. Moving on from that. Apparently, rage quitting is not just a gamer and or um, streamer thing. Uh, as more and more real air quotations on that, definitely sports, especially in this case, actually. I make the transition to esports. We have a uh, beautiful footage of a NASCAR driver to straight rage quitting his virtual event. Uh, it's <laughs> in itself, this would not be news, except uh. for the fact he like lost a sponsorship over this. Yep, that and that's that's especially yeah. That's just that's just icing on that on that dumb cake. Yeah. Uh but Bubba Wallace, thank you for making our uh, rage quitting and video games go mainstream. I guess I don't fucking know. This is dumb. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. 
You drive a NASCAR for a living, like... You only know how to do right turns. And not even, like, sharp right turns, just, like, you could lock a you could lock a steering wheel at a certain angle and do your turning. <laughs> Arguably, that's optimal. <laughs> and yes, before we get lots of hate mail about this, I'm aware of the physical toll being a NASCAR driver takes on the mm-hmm. drivers. <laughs> we know. I fucking hate that argument. I'm not saying it's as simple as the South Park bit of, we're gonna go left, we're gonna go fast, we're gonna go left, but it's kind of awesome. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Choose a real racing sport. Go to F1 or or Rally. Even F1 I don't respect. It's like, oh, okay. It's like, it's like, oh, it's like, oh, one of three teams win every time, okay. Yeah, that makes that less interesting. Yeah. Whereas rally racing is the only one that I will watch. Is I find it kind of interesting to see the uh is it's you've you've got a co-op thing there because you have a navigator that has a very important job while doing that because rally most rally races aren't taking place on like a on a road or off-road so the off-road ones are super fun to watch because it's really interesting to see the navigator like, nope, 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 yeah. definitely go left here. No, I, the last, like, driving competition thing I got into was actually a center stay now in our Tales from the Loop game. It's called Lake Top Racing. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's real, and it's a nightmare. You should totally Google Lake Top, Lake Top Racing. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> And even that's more kind of like in the same way I enjoy Demolition Derbies, where I'm there to see someone get hurt. Mm. Or their car get destroyed or something. See, I'm also from Monster Truck Country, so... Yeah. Those are fun. The day I learned Monster Trucks... No, we've talked about the podcast. The day I learned there was more than one Gravedigger, and that also Monster Trucks were kind of like wrestling, where it's pretty fucking scripted in a weird way. I lost mm. some of my interest in monster trucks. Like I, I now watch it in the same way I watch like videos of cars being put in compactors. So I'm like, yeah, I enjoy this. I'm not sure why. There's a pro wrestler who went into monster truck driving. Of course, there retired. is. Uh, Medusa. Yeah, Teresa is cool. She has a really, really awesome looking yeah. one. To be awesome. To be honest, and she's done really well in it. Yeah. Definitely a crossover audience there. (laughs) I'd argue that Venn diagram sure as fuck looks like a circle, but... (laughs) Like, maybe a slight oval shape, but... Yeah. Pretty sure uh, sure it's not so much like an overlap as it's like the same fucking thing, except for, like, one dude who's like, the sanctity of wrestling, man, and on the opposite side there's a guy being like, the wrestlers don't roll over cars! And that's why it's bullshit, and that's why monster trucks. <laughs> They're brothers. They hate each other. <laughs> Both are named Daryl. Next up, uh, Velsa Games raises thirty-one million to develop co-op titles. Vela. Sorry, I think. Vela. My bad. Vela. It is an Irish studio, and it is interesting to see a. Anything specifically for co-op games. I mean, I just mentioned earlier that co-op games, not super common to have, like, mechanics for co-op or just a outright co-op game. Is this I mean, the game I, I don't know? What does player 
first multiplayer game? Uh, I I think that's just corporate speak. To be honest, sure. It's just, but it, I, uh, I think it's just we're gonna make co-op games, unite both PvP and PVE players. Which that's okay, but yeah, I mean, co-op games. It sounds interesting. I I am interesting to see what they're gonna build. I mean, now they've raised a lot of money, so yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just kind of a little thing that I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah. In the times we now live in, uh, Grant to develop co-op games has never made more sense. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Gotta need that corporate speak fine for me, though. <laughs> I wonder if this time period will give rise to a bunch of games like Days Gone, or not not Days Gone, um... Ah, fuck, what was it called? The game about escaping jail. Oh, uh, A Way Out. A Way Out, yeah. That was a fun game. I actually played through that on stream. Like with a with a friend of mine, we uh, we played through that. Uh, we just played here. He he actually brought his console to, to my <laughs> to my my place, and we play we streamed it. And yeah, that's a real fun game. And wow, the co op mechanics on that are pretty amazing. To be honest, yeah. we played all the way through it. A lot of fun. Yeah, I look at that and go, maybe, maybe it's finally time. No, no, it's not. But. But no, yeah, it's straight up a fun game, and the co-op mechanics are pretty cool. I mean, it always felt felt pretty organic. I know what the ending of that game is, and that ending seems like bullshit. There are multiple endings. I think there's a true ending to that game. Unless I'm thinking of a different game. I think, I thought there were multiple endings for that. I have not gotten that impression. Alright, well, anyway. Yeah. Um, it ends in a certain way, I think. I don't know. The twist is good, and it ends pre- somewhat predictably because of the twist, but in any case. Yeah. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe if you like the twist, then it's okay. Like, the twist seemed pretty bullshit in my book. Yeah. What next? Um, Sorry, my audio rig is in the way of my view of the screen. We keep the notes on for change. <laughs> um, Alright, like, uh, we got two kind of news stuff to go through at the end of this one. One of them is more factual-driven. One of them, we're going to kind of open it up to a main topic of sorts. Uh, Zero. Uh, The Japanese rating board has suspended operations. And if you're from the U.S., and I'm not sure how the PEGI system in Europe works, but I think it's like the U.S. version, where it's kind of an opt-in system, and there's a certain amount of self-assignment as part of that, too. Uh, You might be going, okay, why is this a big deal? Well, so in Japan, if you don't have a rating, you don't get to release. Oh, really? Yeah, so uh, China actually, ironically, has a similar system where uh, there was a big backup of games where they had an influx of games that were kind of like stamped for approval to be used in the country, but then the rating of them got like bogged down and you had games waiting in limbo for months. And we're probably looking at kind of a similar situation for this as well, where because of this, you may have a situation where you have games that are waiting for approval in Japan that are out everywhere else. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah, it seems like yeah, it's it's way it's I, I, yeah, your game basically won't be put out if it doesn't get a rating. I mean, much like the way movie ratings work. I mean, like here, if you get unrated, or in most 
most countries, yep. if you just have, if you don't get a rating, if you're refused a rating, you it doesn't get released. And yeah, um, it, it and zero is also known as being fairly strict. But yeah, it's yeah, you may not see games coming out from Japan for a while. New game content that is. They're a cool strict though, I guess. We're like. The U.S. one seems kind of bullshit and arbitrary. Zero, like, deals with a shit ton of porn games, and they seem to be cool about dealing with a shit ton of porn games. They're like, oh, it's a porn game? Okay, that means it goes to Sam's desk. Sam's the porn guy. Yep. <laughs> Sam, is this a porn game? Sure is, boss. Is it too much of a porn game? I think it's okay. You want a promotion anytime soon to not porn games? No. I'm good where I'm at. But yeah, it is a non-profit organization. But yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it seems to be a little bit, it, it's not, it's being, not being a governed organization doesn't mean it's absolutely required, but it is de facto in a certain way. So, I mean, yeah, we may not be seeing games released in Japan for a while, at least while they've suspended their operations entirely. And that's, yeah, that's, that's some weird news. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like I said. Like, there was a big market for games, you know, being in Japan being localized for other languages. So, mm, that's and I see that as hurting pretty well all across the board. But it's going to really hurt some of the smaller companies too. Yeah, we shall see. So, all right. Last but not least, we got some kind of stuff that we have to unpack a little bit before we dive into this one so steam got out there and made a big deal about how uh there's never been more successful games on the platform which is true like we're not trying to take that away and we're defining successful probably as like a hundred k earnings or more kind of thing mm-hmm. um based on the fact that we're talking about this I assume you're kind of want, you're willing to make the jump to our cynicism, saying that like that's only part of the story. So, the official statement from Steam is that uh, uh, most games did better in 2019 versus 2018, which again is correct. The issue is that you're still talking about just a staggering number of games that did bullshit terrible, like. We're not even talking, Let's, like, the majority by a slim margin. We're talking ridiculous amounts. And, like, uh, e- like, even if we were talking about this before the podcast, even if you pull out all the games that, like, made less than $5,000 in a year kind of thing, like, all the assumed shovelware, low-effort, launch-to-fail bullshit games, you're still looking at a graph where if you add up basically anything that made more than 50k, all those different kind of breakdowns of that, you're still not looking at a number better than the kind of 10 to 50,000k chunk of it kind of thing. I mean, alright, so around 80% made less than 5,000, is what we're looking at. And after that point, though, I mean, it seems like uh, kind of an even distribution from like the going in certain increments. Yeah. But I mean, it's that's the thing, but the thing is, I I'm not sure how much we can put into this as to saying whether or not that means a bunch of games failed or not, because, as you mentioned, 
There's an awful lot of shovelware on Steam. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think it's if you make the assumption that the majority of that less than 5K is shovelware kind of thing, like, I think if you just focus on things that made more than $5,000, basically remove that, like, 80%, you're still looking at kind of a weird breakdown. Yeah. And, but I think the problem is, and what we don't have here is a comparison. I mean, it's hard to say, I mean, they're like games failed, but it's hard to say if they failed if we don't know what their game budget is. Like, if we, if we don't actually know what the budget is, then it's like, I mean, like for a movie, we could tell if a movie was like a big bust if we knew the budget and it was like, oh, the budget was a million and only made 200000 in theaters. That That really tanked. But we don't have that comparison here, so it's really hard to say. I mean, if we had those numbers rolled into this, then, you know, if they had something more about, like, how many games were profitable, what were the average profits on each of these games, you know, versus their budget, then I think that's a way more meaningful metric. Because I imagine there's a lot of these 5,000 games, it's like, their budget might have been $1,000. Sure. And five and like again, like if you still made that back at that point, kudos. I, I'm looking at this more for the fact that the biggest category on this is the like of the successful stuff is the ten to is the ten to fifty k kind of range kind of thing, which for most of us that kind of is in the low end of a year salary type type of situation. Kind of yeah, ten k is yeah, yeah. whereas yeah, fifty k is still like you should be making fifty k and. I believe that you should be making 50k in jobs, but yeah, uh, more to the 10k being a low end. Yeah, that's like one person working on it for a year or whatever. Yeah, and that's what I'm getting at, kind of thing. Like it's the I'm making a bunch of kind of gross assumptions on this, but like with the increase I've seen of people basically pulling the I'm going to quit my job and make a video game. Like I got this indie thing I've been working on for years, regardless of how much money you put into this kind of thing. Just like the return on time investment for this like i you've made a video you you've made video games henry like what's the fastest yes. you could make a game hypothetically like um i've done 48 hour challenges and i guess what was the end product of that some pretty good stuff to be honest like what i'm looking for more global, like global like you should look up global game jam sure like which is the kind of the biggest 48 hour jam for that end some pretty in-depth games have come from that, and some of them have been actually, like, worked on, just, like, polished and released as a full game. So, you could do a quick turnaround, one person, because of the tools available now. Alright, so, within, like, Unreal Engine or Unity, or even, like, Game Maker, there are places where you can get free assets or very cheap, cheap assets, if you're not, like, a designer. And, as well as, like, especially, like, Game Maker, even more than the other two, it's like, you don't even have to have programming knowledge to put together a game. Or use, like, something like RenPy for a lot of the dating sim games. It's like, you don't, you just need to know some Python. Okay, so I, you mentioned stuff like Game Maker and stuff, though, too. Like, it's, it's not, I'm not trying to turn this into a whole, like, big breakdown and, like, cynicism thing we normally might do. Like, what I'm trying to get at, I guess, is... That assumes you have probably like what a thousand bucks at least worth of tools or something like that, give or take. What? Uh, like a hundred bucks? Okay, I don't know how much I'm, I don't know how much that costs. I know the game light- maker costs like thirty bucks. Okay, I do not know that, dude. Yeah, game maker's cheap. Um, Unreal Engine and Unity are free until you publish. 
Yeah, and then it either comes out of your, it comes like 10% out of your profits if you run a profit. Yeah. You don't run a profit, then you don't owe anything. But yeah, um, yeah, that's the way those two work. So I mean, it's, yeah, the costs of doing it, like I said, and like you can get some of these asset packs, some of them straight up free, like off the official stores, like you go into them and use their official store, free, lots of free assets. And some it's like, a hundred bucks will get you some really nice assets, like some really nice stuff. So I mean, no, the the cost of making games these days has gone to like under five hundred bucks for all the tools you need. And that's fair. That, and that's that's only if you're like, I want to have three D Studio Max and or you know Maya and like Photoshop and a bunch of these. Those are the bigger costs because the the studios themselves, game maker costs nothing. I mean, like I said, that's a drop in the bucket. And Unreal Engine and Unity have free versions of their licenses. So, yeah. The, the, yeah, so the, the investment cost, you're going to spend way more on your computer if you don't have a computer that can do this, to be honest. I mean, that's really where your price is going to come from. And if you're using Game Maker, like RenPy or something like that, it's like your, your costs kind of go down to much lower. There's different levels of the game maker. I mean, there's even a free version of it. Hmm. Like, so I mean, you can and you can try it out for free. But it's like there's like a, yeah, there's there's different levels of it. So it's like there's a free trial. Creator is forty bucks. Developer is a hundred bucks. Console is a lot more expensive. But yeah, it's there's yeah, it, and since Steam isn't console, it's like. Yeah, pay thirty bucks. You pay forty bucks and get a the dev copy of Game Maker and then go at it. There's a ton of Game Maker games Not fair. On, yeah, on Steam. Holy crap! There's a lot. Yeah, and some of the stuff made with it is pretty impressive. And but some of it is just like, yep, that's shovelware. That made that took somebody a weekend. So yeah, and to, it's yeah, I I see both sides of the issue. It's yeah, like, that's yeah. There seems like it. a it seems like there's a there is definitely a lot of games that like did not do well. Like they they made you know even under five thousand. Like maybe some of those made a hundred bucks. But if like yeah, we also don't have a budget for those, which I would like to see that break yeah. down. If somebody could put that together, is like what were the profits? What were the you know not not how much did they make? What were their actual profits? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and that's. Well, the reason I brought this up is, like, it's... I find it useful to kind of know both sides of the story on this one. Like, it's... Yeah. Yes, more games are doing decently on Steam, but also, like, don't let that distract you from the fact that, holy shit, Steam is still a nightmare space. Yeah. It's just... I mean, if your game isn't just, like, you know, a copy of something else or, like, inappropriate content, they're gonna they're gonna let it on the Steam. Yeah. Like, that's just if it's like innocuous, but you know, just kind of nothing. They're fine with letting clicker games on Steam. So I mean, I like there's a pretty, there's a pretty low bar. Yeah, for, I, yeah. We're not trying to say like everything Steam. on here is Destiny Three or some bullshit like that. We're just kind of. I only thought this was important from the angle of like just a reminder. Most of Steam is still fucking garbage. Yeah, and 
and while they're trying to make their tools make it easier for you, you know, if you, I, and I actually do, I use their cues, I use their discovery cue, and it's often pretty good. And, and now it picks up more, like, non-major studio games than it used to. I have a glitch in mine where my discovery queue perpetually recommends games that either I already own or I know <laughs> I've told it. I have no interest in ever playing this game. Mine is usually pretty good. I don't know. But, yeah, that's the thing. It is... Now that the tools are easier than ever, yeah, it's great that it's... It is now the sort of... The board, the barriers for getting into game design, game programming, are easier than ever. But also, that means way more people are making games, and that's going to make the market more flooded, way more flooded than it used to be. Yep. I mean, phone games are so laughably full of like just oh, yeah, complete no. garbage. It's, yeah, I'm not trying to make this like a Steam issue. Even it's just yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Think about it carefully if you're thinking I'm going to quit my job and make a game and be able to support myself on that. You might want to, like, test the waters on that first and see how good you are, basically, at, like, if you're, you know, only yourself or a couple of people, how good are you at promoting a game on social media and using, like, the avenues of, you know, advertisement available to you? Because, you know, that's going to really determine whether or not your game does well, is how well you promote your game if you like give and I've seen people do this, give their game away for free to a streamer. Yeah. And the streamer's like, hey, I got and you know, they'll they're usually straight up with it. I got this game for free from this developer. You know, so it's like it this is kind of like a paid promotion of a sort. Mm. And most of them I've seen, you know, the streamers that I've watched have been pretty upfront about that. They're like I got this game for free. You kinda have developer. to be now. Like uh, some laws yeah. went into place that require you to do that. But yeah, they're like, no, I, I got, they gave me this game for free, and I'm going to check it out. I'm going to review it here on my stream. And there you go. I mean, there's things you can do to try to promote your game. So, but yeah, test the waters on that. How good are you at doing, like, your own promotion? If you're not super into that or just don't really, I don't have a mind for promotion. I'm, I am not the person to ask about, like, promoting or PR stuff. Just look at my kind of sad social media it's like i'm not a great person on self-promotion or promoting oh no the game. biggest problem this podcast has is all of us are kind of garbage of promotion <laughs> yeah yeah and so thank you yeah. for listening to us i don't know how you found us yes thank you so much yeah but yeah that's the thing it's like if you don't and that is marketing is so big on any product period that if you're into doing anything and you're doing it on your own you just either have a mind for marketing or you know somebody that can or you know how to hire somebody that can. So, yeah. Think about that. Yes, the tools are easier than ever to use, but getting your game found, that's going to be tough. It's not going to be easy. Like, uh, I only know about West of Dead because it came up in my discovery queue. But it did, and that's a smaller indie game. That's not a major studio game. So, yeah. It works, but it's not easy. And it, and there's like I said another game that I saw I somebody I know was just streaming it uh, because he bought the, he bought into the green light the kind of beta of it the early access version that is on Steam I was like hmm hmm that looks kind of actually kind of interesting to me and I wouldn't have known about it if somebody wasn't streaming it so yeah it's a hard it it's 
it's harder than ever. It's easier than ever. It's paradoxically both easier than ever and harder than ever. Looking at, you know, looking at these numbers, looking at the graphs we're looking at, it's, it's, you, there's a lot of things to consider before you might consider going into full-time game development. Yeah, like, especially if you're like, I think I'll quit my job to do this. Yeah, think about that very carefully. Yeah. Yeah, this, yeah, this, yeah, this, just seeing that, yeah, 80% made under 5k, that's both sort of, like, shocking, but also not surprising. The number I want, there's no way of teasing this out, is of the games that make more than that, like, 200k or whatever it was, what are those games? That feels like a list you could print off kind of thing, and yeah. part of me wonders, like, because part of me assumes that list is the exact list I can imagine in my mind. Like, if we've talked about it on this podcast in a positive way, it's probably on that list. But if we haven't, it's probably not. We don't talk about every game, obviously, but, like, pretty sure I, I, if I own Call of Duty, I can just say the word Call of Duty loud enough on the internet, and I make 250k just by putting up a pre-order site. That's just how it works. Yeah. Probably shouldn't work that way, but it does. Yeah. I think that does it for news this week, unless anyone's got any kind of ones we didn't put on the docket. Um, well, since we were talking about Steam, I always have to throw Steam good, Epic Store bad. Oh, shut yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's weird. Like, I've gotten less and less tolerant of that whole rhetoric lately, and I'm not sure why. Maybe it's the fact that Steam is, like, that the Valve has given me some really good free games lately. Oh, yeah. Epic's given me some... Epic's been just handing out so many great free games these days. Yeah. It's like, hey, 75% of my Epic library I got for free. Yeah, I think I've bought two games total on Epic. I've bought a couple, but oh, the vast majority is is the free stuff they've been giving away. So, Indeed. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. That more or less does it for this week because I am hoarding emails for episode 200. Um, if you wanted to send us an email, Alex, how would you go about doing that? Uh, it's really simple. You just go ahead and pull up your internet browser or your email client of your choosing. And when you get to your email site and compose an email, the email address you're going to send it to is wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. What's that email again, Henry? That is wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. That was the sounds down the show notes, etc. Et Send them in. We already got some fun ones. I want more. More. Yeah. How many Thank related you. to the Roomba? None. Good. <laughs> I take I'm that looking back. To Maybe. It. I'd have to check. I, I don't think <laughs> I've seen any more Roomba ones. I am looking forward to it. It sounds like some great emails are coming in. Keep them coming. I, I'm definitely interested to see how many are just for Jeff. So far, I think I've only seen one intended just for Jeff, but... Hmm. We'll see. Yeah. Couple COVID ones, couple... The COVID ones, I think, keep aging amazingly. Oh, <sighs> boy. Well, like, it's one of those ones where kind of, like, when they were sent in, like, one of them was sent in, like, two weeks ago, and it's like, so I've just entered, I, I've just entered, like, quarantine and something, like, how are you holding up? And I'm like, Oh, by the time we actually get to this email, it's going to be different. Yeah. Very different. Yeah. 
But that does it for this week. Anything y'all want to talk about before we close it out? Uh, nothing at the moment. But uh, keep sending us your emails. I cannot wait for episode 200. Indeed. Yep. Indeed. I am cracking zero on social media, but yeah, I'm terrible at social media, so I may or may not post anything this week, but I'll probably try to, to be honest. At least I'm going to post about this podcast. <laughs> Good. Because <sighs> I've been bad about that the past yeah. several weeks. Our thumbnails have not been amazing lately. What am I saying? They've been some of the best we've done lately. Yeah. Last week's especially. Yeah. But, yep. Yeah. That's me. That's it. Cue the metal. Yeah.